Before I start the show here, I wanted to read out a quick review I got, which I thought was really nice. So thank you to Sneaky Narwhal, who said, great conversations, helpful to anyone aspiring to build a great brand or anyone who just wants to understand how the game is played. Adam is doing a great job with this podcast. Well, Thank you, Mr. Narwhal. And to you, the listener, I'd appreciate your review. Just maybe you'll hear it here. Okay, on with the show. You see what I'm doing here? It's what the show's about today. What show is that, you ask? Should be kind of obvious, but it's Authentic Avenue. Volley, a brand making a splash as the first clean tequila seltzer. Meet co-founders Camila Soriano and Christopher Wirth. They mixed this idea up on their kitchen counter and today are attempting to put some salt on their competition in an increasingly pressurized space. On this show, we'll pop the top on the curious underside of what goes into your typical bubbly beverage. I assure you, it's anything but natural. So go get yourself a lime and enjoy as I get real with Volley and Camila Soriano and Christopher Wirth. If you sit back and you think to yourself over the last year or two, What has been the most popular type of adult beverage to hit the market in terms of a category? My guess is that you would be hard-pressed to come up with something that has been more eye-opening and taste bud-opening than adult seltzers. From your Bon & Vives to your White Claws to your Trulies, we've seen all of these big brands hit the market, but today... I am on with somebody who is looking to disrupt that and do something a little bit different, not only in the product itself, but also in blowing up some of the assumptions that go along with this industry and the terminology therein. I'm on with Chris Worth and Camila Soriano from Volley. Thanks so much for joining both. How are you? Hey, Adam. We're good. We're uh, excited to be on the chat with you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Now, I preloaded that quite a bit. I want to talk about the ins and outs of the product in just a second. But before I do that, I got to ask, why would you found Volley? Why did we f- found Volley? We, we were frustrated, to be honest. We were, we were consumers of seltzers. We've, uh, we've also been in the beverage business, but from a different angle, we've been in the mixer space. Um, but we realized Camila and I have been drinking tequila seltzers for a little while now at home and that's become our, our go-to drink. And we thought, you know, these seltzers, that's probably exactly what we're drinking at home. So let's go buy these seltzers. And we looked at them and we realized none of them list ingredients because they're not required to. And the ones that do, they're full of something called uh, natural flavors. Uh, and, and that seems like a very innocent term, but it ends up that if you dig a little deeper, uh, you can have over a hundred ingredients in that. So we we were a little bit disappointed in what was out there. The the uh, alcohol bases were all fermented cane sugar as the uh, the malt alcohol base. Yeah, which we weren't even sure what is a fermented like what is fermented cane sugar. How do you even do that? Um, it was just a bit too mysterious for us. Yeah. So we said, you know, we're pretty good at making products. Let's let's go make one ourselves that has exactly what we're making at home, which is just a, a good tequila, sparkling water, and some high quality juice. So uh, organic, uh, single strength, not from concentrate juice. And, and let's actually tell people what's in the product, 
And, you know, that, that sounds really simple, but it actually seems to be pretty revolutionary in, in the category. And this is something which to me is completely foreign because I look at that can of whatever, any seltzer that's out there, and my eyes just glaze over that. I mean, if I'm looking on the back of the label, what I'm really looking at, I'm looking at the calorie count. I'm looking at the calorie count. I'm looking at the alcohol by volume, and I'm saying, okay. And I'm looking at the flavor. I'm saying, all right, well, interesting. Let me give that a try. So if I'm getting this right, you basically founded it on your kitchen counter <laughs> after having all these keyless seltzers and saying, hmm, this is damn good. I bet we can do something about this. Exactly. Um, I that tequila is my go-to, so I would make them for myself, and then I would just end up making Chris a drink. And yeah, I was just in the kitchen counter and playing with um, different juices and squeezing some limes and grapefruits, and that's how we came up with it. That's how we came up with it. Yeah, and then the the actual formulation is we we've been um, making products for for uh, other companies and private label, and as well as for uh, our mixers. Um, so we were pretty familiar in the different um, development steps and, and how to formulate and make sure that it's actually going to not fall apart on a shelf. Um, so we, we took those steps. We put them to work on our kitchen counter. We shared it with friends. We, we canned it at home. We actually uh, have a little uh, manual canning machine. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of our R&D process. Interesting. So can I... If talk, let's talk about a little bit about more about this product because, as as I had mentioned, as you had mentioned, um, there are some pretty uh, innocent seeming words that are now thrown around in this very new category that may actually not be that natural flavor thing being upwards of a hundred different ingredients. Wh- what's up with that? That sounds like bull. It doesn't sound very natural to me. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of things in the the food space that can sneak by you if you don't really think about it or, or you don't know the, the back end. So one example is the term all natural. It's, it's not regulated by the FDA. So you know, there was a, a big wave of all natural being slapped on everything. Then you have natural flavors. Natural flavors is the fourth most common ingredient in food after uh, water, sugar, and salt. So that after those things, natural flavors is the most common, which is just, we think, pretty shocking. Um, most importantly, because people don't actually know what, what that means. So uh, if you Google it, there is a descript- uh, definition for it. It's uh, a huge paragraph um, that, that tries to define it, but it's, it's still quite murky. Um, but the best way I can define it is it's, it's a combination of ingredients uh, that have been put together in a lab, and it is created to mimic the sensorial experience of whether it's a strawberry or mint or whatever the, the flavor they're trying to recreate. And, it, and it's, to be honest, it's incredible. I mean, it's magic for the food industry. It's very, it's like high tech for food um, because it, it becomes one of those unique things that you can keep a secret uh, of what's in your product on your label. So, Well, hang on a to- Let me ask about this again then. So you're telling me, I see natural flavors on a label that it's possible that those natural flavors are a high-tech recreation of the flavor that they put on the can. I mean, does this not does this not completely belie the word natural? This just seems like a lie. Yes, exactly. And that's why we were so unbelievably frustrated. Um, there's a very good book on this. It's called The Dorito Effect. 
Um, and it's about Doritos or part of it's about Doritos and the flavoring that goes onto the chip, um, which are all natural flavors. And it's extremely fascinating industry um, that most people don't know about. And we didn't know about until we looked into it and it frustrated us and it annoyed us, to be honest. It's just... Yeah. So right now what you're hearing from companies is that their big step forward is changing from artificial flavors, which you, you I think you do need to describe it as artificial flavors. Um, and now their big step forward is natural flavors, which still is, uh, you know, has all of these different components, you know, can be over a hundred things in the, in that natural in flavor. flavor. So if it's, for example, a grapefruit flavoring, there can be up to a hundred ingredients in that one grapefruit flavoring. None of which may be um, a grapefruit. Probably Highly grapefruit. likely yeah. it is not grapefruit. Wow. Okay. Well, that this is taking a little bit of a turn, hasn't it? Because like, I, I, I get it, right? It, it Sometimes it's very hard to come forward with a flavor that isn't that uh, strong and you might do things to strengthen it. But I always assumed, this is your common consumer. I guarantee everybody walking down the aisle of the grocery store right now. Hell, maybe a listener is doing it right now. Like, we'll find something that says natural flavors on it and ha- at least has to assume that, like, all right, even if it's not 100% grapefruit juice, it's got to be, like, derivative from it. It's got to be somewhere in there. So the fact that it isn't is, um, it kind of sucks to hear on a show about authenticity. I'm glad that it seems that you have rallied against it. Um, so t- tell me more about your R&D here, because from what you have told me at the very top, tequila seltzer water or sparkling water and the actual juice it kind of reminds me there's another player in the sparkling water market called spindrift which kind of markets a similar way except without an alcohol base it's just sparkling water and fruit and just has like pictures of fruit on it although is that natural flavors i now i don't even know how do you rally against this in the way that you put your product together we we're on a educational journey so we're we have a lot of info to share with people and so um, that's hard, you know, commu- communicating a message to a consumer that's been conditioned to think that all the, whether it's, you know, I, I won't name the other brands, but the leaders in, in the category, that that is a, a cleaner alternative to beer. But there's, there's so much more to unpack there. And that's kind of the, the fun for us. It's a, it's a crusade against, um, against natural flavors. And yeah, and, and just, being transparent, um, it, Spindrift, it's interesting you say that. It is, it's a very similar product to Spindrift. Um, we love what they're doing. We think they are using real juice. Um, so, you know, it is similar in that sense. There's no natural flavors in there, which, which we really and like. They're on and, the same crusade. If you right, go to their they website, they're, they're, they want you to ask the same questions of a product. This is what we want you to do. Whenever you consume a product, we want you to be willing to ask do I know what is in this product? When I pour it out, do I feel like it is being honest as to you know, what is in it? And if it's, for example, if it's perfectly clear, yet it is saying it has the the flavor of something, then why is it perfectly clear? Aren't aren't you know uh, watermelon or or ginger? Don't these things have color? Right. Yeah. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, well, duh. And I. Look, the ignorant consumer like me will just go into the aisle or they'll pour, they'll pour it out and, and they'll be like, oh, well, they they must have figured out some way to get like a pure, like a purification of it to where that's even lost its color. But like, I guess even in me justifying that, I'm also sort of 
getting away from what it should say on the can, which is like, well, like it's not, that's not very natural. Anyway, okay, so you have put now together this product, which, by the way, listeners, I actually went and tried. I went and tried this volley product. It's like, what is, how does this compare? How does this compare to the big, to the big dogs out there, um, which apparently like, overnight in the last two or three years have just amassed these amazing streams of business, and. I can tell you one thing that it's very clear that it's a tequila drink as opposed to it being this fermented cane sugar, which, you know, it's interesting. I'm not going to pretend to be a scientist or call that out or whatever. I mean, fine. Uh, if that's an alcohol source, okay. But this is very clearly a tequila drink, not not overly strongly a tequila drink. And um, the other flavors absolutely come out. Listeners, if you find this volley on the shelf... Pick this up and you're going to hear, you're going to learn what, what I'm talking about because the fruit flavors obviously come through. The grapefruit really comes through and my guess is that it takes a lot. It, I'm guessing there's more difficulty in making the grapefruit uh, come forward as compared to just having 100 flavors you can put together and mimic it really well. And then this ginger one, you mentioned ginger. Man, spicy, spicy seltzer. Guys, if you want to think about a spicy seltzer, they've got it. So you'll have to look, look that up. But um, I... I'm prefacing all of this with the next question, which is about authenticity. Of course, what we talk about on this show in this uh, context, it, it can be about a product, but it can also be about the way that you educate. And uh, the premise of this show is pretty much that every brand out there is is on a is on a journey to that truth, and they have certain avenues through which they pursue it. It could be through working with influencers, it could be working through real consumers, it could be working through education, standing up for values, uh, social investments, that sort of thing. What what are the avenues that you are currently pursuing to get to what you consider to be Volley's uh, authentic moment or self? You talked about education a little bit, but I'm curious to learn more about the spectrum of what you're doing to appear authentically to the market. Yeah, we, we have authenticity and, and transparency as the pillars of the company. So that flows through from every step of the, the way we communicate, uh, how we treat ourselves internally. Um, so one one thing is when you look at our cans, we list our ingredients on the front of the can as well as the back of the can. So from, even from the product standpoint, we're trying to be really, really transparent. There shouldn't be any surprises. There shouldn't be anything you can't pronounce. Um, and we we actually don't need to list ingredients on an alcoholic product. It's It's regulated by the TTB. Uh, which is the Alcohol and Tobacco Bureau instead of the FDA, which is a a legacy of the Prohibition era. Um, So the TTB does not require you to list uh, ingredients or nutritional facts. Um, But we want that to be the the first thing that you you see is what's in it and see it also on the back. So um, we also want people to know who's behind the brand. This is not a a celebrity brand. This is not a, uh, you know, a, a... massive conglomerate company brand. It is a husband and wife brand um, that are consumers. And we were frustrated with what was out there. And we decided we can make this, we can, we can make a product and we can make it how we uh, think it should be and how we'd like it to be. And we're, we're confident that if we would like it, there's a couple other people who care about these things. Um, so we're uh, sharing who we are through our social channels. Um, also by talking with you and, and, uh, trying to get our, our name out there. Um, and our other channels are, um, we do, we do work with 
influencers, um, but we do it on a very micro level. So we're, we're not looking for the, uh, you know, multi-million uh, influencers. It's more about building a, a network of smaller influencers that are, that are actually authentic and, and care about the product. And, and they have a few friends and they're actually sharing product and um, starting to build, build that network effect. Um, Camila, you, you have any comments on that as well? Yeah, I guess we're, we are authentic in that we're, we're really not an airbrushed brand. We, we aren't perfect. Um, you know, real juice isn't perfect. You, it's not a thing. It's not a can where you can just open and drink right away. You need to flip it because real juice settles. And just like you buy an orange juice in the grocery and you can see on the bottom, if it's a clear plastic container you can see that it settles so we need, you need to flip it and there's things that are different about our product um, and I think that sets us apart other than the fact that we're a team with real people behind it and we're um, you know we all have our we have a good time working with each other and we're trying to show that in our social media and try to be a bit quirky and funny we're not airbrushed um, and you know we're all we're friends we, we actually started off friends working to like husband and wife and then bringing on friends and and just growing the brand from there um and we hope that that shows through or at least yeah. we'll start to. That, that's one of the most important things about the brand that you mentioned is that it's there is an imperfection at the at the fundamental base of the brand which is the fact that the product settles well if you go to any of these other seltzers there they would say whoa that's that's a big product flaw you know we need it perfectly clear and perfectly homogenous but that's that's just not how actual juice works if you have a real juice it's denser than water so it's obviously going to sit at the bottom um so we we need people to flip the can and that's how you're going to get the real proper uh tasting experience and it's kind of it's kind of a fun thing. So that that's an educational thing that we're we're on the journey uh, of showing people as well. Yeah, you're literally flipping the script. You know, this is something that I didn't I, I didn't uh, do like the first sip, and then I felt like such an idiot because I had opened up the can and I was like, well, now I can't flip this. I guess unless I like turn it into something like a glass and then stir it up. So listeners, if you yeah. get one of these, you got to flip it, all right? Because that's how you know it's real. That's how you know it's not uniform. And I mean, I I I, I can some. Some people, these these seltzers, they they pride themselves. I mean, some of these other adult beverage companies, like you well know, I think about somebody like and forget forget exactly what it was. I think the brand was Budweiser. Budweiser in the beer world, that they, they pride themselves on being extremely consistent. And this is, I think, what you guys are doing is consistently real, which is that listen, juice isn't clear, juice isn't uniform throughout it's not uh it's not something that is is always going to remain non-settled you mentioned actually as part of this you mentioned a couple times there in that last answer that we're not an airbrushed brand uh what do you mean by that exactly Uh, and uh what are the challenges of that because i'm i'm curious you're you're trying to break into a space which over the last couple years has been dominated by brands which have ultimately some of which have been acquired by the, the large adult beverage players and uh, that's got to provide a pretty healthy dose of competition. So what do you think are your biggest challenges going forward? Um, yeah, that's interesting. I guess to speak to the airbrush brand, we, you know, we, we don't want to be that perfect brand with the model and the can showing and they're on this pristine beach uh, drinking a, you know, a volley on a clear blue sky day. It's, 
we all want to be there and we all want to experience that clear blue sky day, but we also want to be drinking a volley when it's a bit chilly or there's some cloud covering the sun. I mean, it really, it's real and, and, you know, it's real life. And I think that's really important to showcase um, and to get people behind you. Um, It's more relatable and it's, you know, it's who we are as well. So we thought that that was very important to, to make sure and, and, you know, to make sure that we convey and Red Antler, the branding agency we partnered with um, had the same idea. They did not want it to be airbrushed. If it's a real ingredients, let's make everything about it real. Um, Our story is real and, um, you know, products real and the branding all around it and, and who we are is real. And so I think from being this brand, um, that's how we're positioning ourselves to stand out in this category or how we hope to stand out. It is super crowded. There's a lot of money in the category. Uh, like you said, Budweiser's in it and all the big brands are in it. Um, we're a small shop and we hope that our story and we believe that our story and who we are and our product can help us stand out in this crowded marketplace. Yeah, for sure. And and the you know, we, we see Instagram as, as a really important place for the brand because it's, it's accessible for us to connect with our consumers. Um, there's different approaches to it. Those lot, lots of brands put out this, this ideal image and it's, it's nice. It's aspirational. You look at that and it, it gives you a certain emotional feeling when you see these perfect uh, storyboards and that, that does work for brands. Um, that's how you tell your story, but our story is a little different where it's, it's a picture book of, of our fans, of our, of the people who drink our product of us. And it's taking people, we, we use it as our medium to tell that story of what went into this product. Who, who are the people behind the product? Who are the people consuming it? And what are those moments like? And we, we want to take people on the journey from, uh, where we started it, where we're, going and all these whether they're hiccups or uh challenges along the way so it's um we we think that's what makes a a story worth listening to it can't be perfect there's got to be uh roadblocks and and challenges that you overcome uh whether it's you know covid and how that's impacted the journey or even personal journey i mean camila just gave gave birth um and and Congratulations. Thank you. you. Uh, Going through COVID, having pregnancy, uh, launching a brand all at once is is a huge hurdle to overcome. Um, But that's that's part of what makes the brand what it is. Well, of course, to be as real as it gets. I mean, that is about as real as it gets. And I think this category deserves a little bit of that. When I think, again, and I don't know how many times I can say this, as the ignorant regular consumer who doesn't know a damn thing about natural flavors when i think about where you enjoy a seltzer it's like the first time i had one which it was it was down in the dc metro area i was sitting next to a pool it was there were no clouds in the sky it was 105 degrees it was hot 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 and it was refreshing it was nice it was a beautiful day isn't that great but this seems to stem from a story of your kitchen counter. It doesn't matter what the weather was. Could have been a great day. Could have been an awful day. Oh, what a day. I'm going to mix myself up with tequila seltzer real quick. And that's, I'm guessing, the attitude that you want to embody in a way um, through these 
mediums and, and, and hopefully Instagram serves as a good engine for that though. I think that Instagram, Instagram sometimes has its, has its woes with everything needs to look picture perfect. Um, but you know, that is the same in the same way it, yeah. it deserves a realer feel. So I'm glad that you're, that you're doing that. And maybe you can provide a little bit of advice as well as I, as I round out our conversation here. And the reason why is because listeners who uh, tune into this show tend to be, um, learners of marketing, brand builders, aspiring founders, probably have a whole bunch of stuff going on in 2020, not all of the things that you had mentioned going on at home, but quite a bit. And uh, in some ways, there is escapism going on where they long for that clear sky, nothing wrong about it. But the reality is much closer to what you're talking about. And every day comes with its challenges. And whether it's in the adult beverage space or any other category or just looking to make their brand a little bit more real, ground it in something, in an experience which is not airbrushed. You've figured out a way to do this through education and through other methods. You're looking to break through into this category, become a leader within it, and blow the top off of some of these non-regulated terms and other elements which make you compare, uh, comparably better. So I'm wondering from you if you have any advice for our listeners on how to inject a little more realness into the brand and into their journey to finding their truths. Yeah, you know, I, I think that Instagram has gone through some evolution where a couple years ago it it was desirable. It was it worked better to be this airbrushed and perfect planned thing and all the colors aligned and, and very visually pleasant. Um, but I think now, at least in my opinion, you, you let me know what, what you think, Camila, but um, I think the more real things, which, and by real, I mean um, you even shooting in selfie mode, you know, the, these authentic shots uh, resonate more because it's, it, it just sense it feels like it's uh, something that people can relate to. Yeah. Um, so the good thing is that to be more real is actually very cost effective. Um, so while you know, some when we first started our mixer brand several several years ago, um, you wanted to try to find a way to be perfect and and have these model shots and everything. But right now, I I think the opposite actually is more interesting. So everyone should try to be more real and, and uh, touch touch uh, consumers in that way, in a, in a more relatable way. Do you, what do you think, Camila? Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's tricky. It's tricky balance because how much, how real do you want to be? I mean, you know, we're, we're pretty real, but do we share every single thing that's happening in our company? No. Um, so for other founders, you know, what is that balance and, and you'll find out and, you know, through experience and, and just being through it, you'll, you'll know what, what you want to share and, and how open you want to be with your company and, and with you, you know, yourself as a founder. Um, but I think those, it's, it's, it's important and I, and yeah, you end up, I don't know, figuring it out. It was, it's strange for, for me because I'm a very private person and I didn't really want to put myself on Instagram. I, I tend to hide behind the curtain. Um, but you find that balance and you figure it out and, and it ends up being an, 
easier process than being that airbrushed brand because you're yourself and what's easier than being yourself you kind of bring your guard down a little bit right totally well i'm really interested to see where you guys go having the pleasure of trying the product i know the product is good i think that there is going to be a challenge to educate the the masses on what is real and what isn't unfortunately because some just don't care but uh, most people do I think there's going to be a reckoning across a whole number of industries, especially right now when it seems that authenticity is an all-time relative uh, high for importance, uh, and especially when it comes to what people are putting in in their bodies, even if it is a recreational beverage. So I'm really interested in this. I'm glad to have learned a little bit more about it from you today, and I'm excited to see how it grows. But for now, and, and for this story and learning about uh, this not airbrushed brand, Chris, Camila, I really appreciate it. And thanks so much for joining. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having us. Having actually enjoyed a fair bit of volley, I can tell you it's pretty good. If you end up getting it, tell me what you think of the spicy ginger. Very interesting twist on a seltzer. Thanks, Camila and Chris. And thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts, especially if you want me to say it out loud like I did at the top of this. And you can also find me elsewhere, LinkedIn at Authentic Avenue or just Adam Connor, Twitter at Authentic Ave, and you can also write me directly, Adam at AuthenticAvenueMedia.com. That website, by the way, is where all my podcasts live as well. This has been your host, Adam Connor, saying until I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.